Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. And I am Ben Bolin. I write some videos here. Uh, I was hanging on for a second, Scott. I wanted to try to do something different. Mm. I think what we got there works. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty standard. I'm going to switch it up next time. Yeah, I might. We, you guys, we. This is maybe our fifth take of this episode, and we've been trying to do something different the whole time. You know, fireworks. <laughs> had some people yelling in the background. Fireworks. Fireworks are no good over the, you know the airwaves. I didn't think you know. First, we're an audio podcast. Bang. See, there you go. There it, it goes. Interrupts. Yeah. It's, it just interrupts. <laughs> it's like, have you heard the joke about the interrupting cow? <laughs> go ahead. Go to do it. Oh, no, no. please. Okay, yeah. No. That's, that's my. I've got an eight-year-old. The kid loves it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah favorite. For those who don't know, it's a knock-knock joke. That well, go ahead. Is still really okay. Knock-knock. Who's there? The interrupting cow. The interrupting Moo! cow. Boy, that's annoying. I know. I probably. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's funny though. There's somebody. I'm sure somebody out there has not heard that one and says, I've got the greatest joke. Listen to this. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Maybe we're brightening days. Maybe. Hey, um, so before we get into this, we need an update on oh. the project car. Oh, really? You do want to do that? This is unexpected. This is unexpected. Yeah, we had a uh, conversation this morning, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. There is an update. Um, there's a... There's a, a possibility out there. There's a potential car right now that I'm looking at. It's a, it's a giant car. Um, it's not 100% yet. I'll let you know when it is or if it is. It's a, uh, <laughs> it's a 1967 Chrysler Newport Custom. And it's enormous. It's a huge, I mean, a 20 footer, like a giant car. Yeah. Um, makes my Monte Carlo look like, uh, like a Miata or something. I was, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was, I was, um, Semi unsure until this morning when I went to look at it and, uh, they opened the hood and there was a, an enormous, I mean, enormous V8 engine, a huge 440 engine underneath the hood and looked really good, really strong, started right up. The interior is perfect. Exterior, not so good, but, uh, that's the kind of purpose of this thing. No fuel tank, 
um, using like a big marine fuel yeah. cell type thing yeah. in the trunk right now. So that's, you know, an instant uh, necessity. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, again, that's what puts it in the price range. So the reason – now, Scott, I apologize because I know I kind of blindsided you there, yeah. buddy. Yeah. I hope we're cool. That's uh, all right. The reason that I brought this up was sort of a, a segue because right now you're one of the few people I know who is looking for a vehicle. Hmm. But in a way, this show today is about people who are looking for vehicles. Oh, sure. And how to get them. Yep. In yep. the door, right? Yeah, how to get uh, how to get the customers in the door, mm-hmm. really. And mm-hmm. uh, so you've probably read the title by now. It's Halo Cars. And that may be a new term to some of you. And it may be a confusing term to others. We are not referring to the video game Halo, nor the vehicles in it. <laughs> Correct, yeah. I, I had to tell our editor, uh, Matt, that we were... <laughs> you know, I, I didn't even know that connection existed. See, I'm, I'm out of the loop. On the oh, video. you're fine. I'm just man. not a video gamer. Gamer? Well, not right? yet. Yeah, gamer. It's That's the wave right. of the future. Yeah. Do you have another term for that, gamer? Um, I think gamer works. Yeah. yeah okay. There are uh, probably people that have terms themselves. Yeah. I probably, I figured there's something new by this, this point. I was way behind. Yeah. I'm pretty Anyways, um, the idea behind a Halo car. Yes. Not the video game is, um, a vehicle that, that kind of showcases everything that a car company can do. Mm-hmm. And they do it in limited production usually. And, um, you know, it just has all the bells and whistles and, and that's what gets the people in the door. And then they kind of shift their focus over to another vehicle that maybe is a little bit more within reason mm, so for purchase. Sh- shock and awe basically is what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Shock and awe with luxury. Just- uh, exactly. And this is, this is the one, you know, these are the cars that you go in, you're, you know, you'll see, uh, you know, nose prints against the wind, you know, the glass mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm, morning when the mm-hmm. dealership opens. That's because they have a halo car on the showroom floor. Mm-hmm. Um, good examples of these, Dodge Viper, the Ford GT. Excellent, good examples. Um, what else they have? Uh, let's see, the Cadillac XLR. Nice that, one, yeah. You know, the two-door, or I'm sorry, yeah, two-seat, two-seater Cadillac convertible. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's just a, a whole bunch of them. We could talk about a bunch of them yeah. here, but, um, what they do, it's really the ones that they, that are intended to bring the people in mm-hmm. and then, Say, hey, well, I can, I see what they can do on the Dodge Viper there. And that's, mm-hmm. geez, that's a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it costs. I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? Maybe I could extrapolate what they've done in that car sure. to this Dodge Neon that I'm also interested in that's in my price range. Huh? Yeah. That's how, that's how it works. See, you know, the idea, if you want to sell a car, when you have a dealership, when you walk, when people walk in, you want them to feel great. You know, you want them to feel like, Anything could be possible, just maybe. So when uh, John and Jane Doe and their 2.5 kids or whatever it is uh, come into the dealership and and the dad's saying, uh, oh, okay, I'll, I'll go help you look at this sedan in a second, honey. I, I just want to look at the Viper real quick. Yeah, yeah. And then, the next thing you know, he's in the seat making engine noises. <laughs> vroom, vroom. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Jamming the steering wheel from left to right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Putting nose prints on the glass. Yeah, exactly. The heck Shifting through all the gears. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... If you think about it, this, uh, this idea that a dealership is this huge, um, this huge, very, very, uh, pristine or nice environment, this almost, you would say, heavenly, then what, what better, uh, way to really present yourself than to sum up all the, all the bells and whistles, all that is possible with your vehicles in one car and then let somebody who, well, hopefully not make a crazy impulse decision. I mean, if you want a Viper, by all means, go in there and buy a Viper. They're for sale. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, 
you know, we've done our psychology podcast on the reptilian psychology of buying cars. Oh, yeah. Reptilian brain, that's right. Yeah, so it is these things um, work in in concert with those same kind of processes, Mm -hmm. right? Exactly, yeah. And, you know, we mentioned the Viper a couple of times here, and the reason reason that one stands out to me Mm -hmm. is because I'm from Detroit, and it was around when this all came about. And up until that point, I know I know it's hard, but you didn't really think about Dodge as being Chrysler's performance brand. Not really. No. I mean, you did. You did. There was, you know, there's the the whole muscle car history and everything. Right. But, but they had other models that were also muscle cars. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just that it, it seemed to be solidified at that point when they came out with the Dodge Viper because here's just it's just an all out sports car. Nothing but that is very mm-hmm. pure. And um, it, it really brought people back into the Dodge dealerships, and that you know led to Dodge sales of other products, you know Dodge caravans and Dodge, mm-hmm. you know um, neons, like I mentioned. Yeah. Um, I think even the Avenger or whatever else was there, you know, that just any any model line that happened to be next to it in the showroom also got some attention, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's the whole point of a halo car is just to bring people in. So. Here's where we get a little bit different, right? Or here's where we take a different bend, a plot twist. Where are you going? I'm going to the fact that earlier you said some good examples of Halo cars. Yeah. Yep. yep. There's some great examples. Mm-hmm. And there are also some stinkers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I did. I ran across uh, – in fact, this is where this whole thing came up. I found an article from – well, it's a site, a website called uh, wheels.ca. Yes. And they have a list that's a, it's a pretty funny list. It's from 2009, mm-hmm. late 2009, mm-hmm. of the 10 dumbest Halo cars. Which we, we didn't say they were dumb. No. But we're, we're telling you about this I'm list. I'm not here to pass yeah. judgment on any of these 10 vehicles, okay? This is just mm-hmm. from their list mm-hmm. as written by John LeBlanc. So I'm pointing the finger. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, anyways, this, this is a pretty good list, though. I thought it was funny, and um, you know, there's a lot of a little bit of comedy and thrown in here too. So, yeah. you may want to read the entire article you know, sure. if you get a chance. But yeah. I'll skim over it here, and we'll go from uh, ten down to one. Okay, sounds and perfect. Again, according to Wheels.ca, mm-hmm. not us, not us, not us. All right, ready? Yes. So these are um, <laughs> these are the bad ones, um, ones that didn't do what they were intended to do. Number ten. The 2002 to 2006 Volkswagen Phaeton. You remember, remember that? that one, guys? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah. In fact, I've seen a couple around recently, which is really surprising, huh. uh, because <laughs> there are only about 1,400 of them sold in the first year. Um, 820 sold in the next year. Ouch! And then the next year, they don't even you know record the sales numbers, or at least they're not here in this article, mm-hmm. and they decided to pull it off the market. Now, something unusual about this car. Is that I mean? Besides that, it's a it's a VW that's a hundred thousand um, dollars. Mm. It, it, it's built on the Audi, um, I think, also on the Bentley Continental um, chassis. But they're not fooling people. No, and it's a great car. Yeah. But the the problem is, it's got a VW badge on it, mm-hmm. and it just loses a little bit of that prestige, which is really weird. But it had happened, sure. and people just weren't buying it. So um, they're actually thinking about bringing it back to North America. Sometime soon, they're they're talking about that right now. Right, because if it didn't work the first few years or the last <laughs> few years, then hey, yeah. maybe the uh, let's, let's see, may, maybe the fifth time's a charm. <laughs> maybe, in this case. maybe, maybe. All right, you ready to move on? Yes. Okay, the nineteen ninety one to ninety four Jaguar XJ two twenty. You remember that car? Before before we get any further, 
I love Jaguars. So I do too. Okay, so kid gloves too. on this and, one. And and this is one of the ones that remember when we did our abandoned cars in Dubai? Yeah, yeah. I saw a picture of an XJ220 that was abandoned in Dubai. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a car that um it finally like when it finally came on set, mm-hmm. when it came to the showrooms, mm-hmm. $650,000, Ben. Supercar. It's a Jaguar supercar. Um, it was promised to have, you know, when it was revealed, it's promised to have a V12 engine, mm-hmm. uh, top speed of 220. So, you know, that's what's called the XJ220. Um, beautiful looking car. Really yeah, is. Yeah. Um, and they mentioned that the, the Ferrari F40 sold for $400,000 when Jaguar wanted 580 for this one. Ouch. Um, <laughs> which is pretty remarkable. Mm. And then by the time they did get around to building it in 92, um, the engine was reduced to a turbocharged V6. Um, the all-wheel drive had reverted to rear-wheel drive only, and, oh. the, pri- and the price went up. How how far up did well, it go? Well, it went up seven hundred or seventy thousand dollars. So that bumped it up to the six hundred and fifty thousand. That's just isn't that amazing? Now I'm, I'm guessing because it said ninety two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm I'm wondering if the ninety one cars did have the V twelve all wheel drive possibly because those are some incredible cars to see in action. Yeah, there's still these these aren't bad. My my um. I guess my issue with the ones we're calling bad Halo cars is a lot of times they're running afoul of psychology. You know True. what I mean? Yeah. Like that VW badge. Yeah. Well, then, you know what? The thing is, the, these are good cars. Right. It's just that they're, um, they just not, they're not doing what they had hoped they had done. They would mm-hmm. do. You know, one quick sidebar here. Sidebar. I, I started to read an article that I found out later you had to buy a subscription to the, the website. Oh. And the, but it, it, Teased me with this idea that the the very first muscle car. Remember the one that's cre- well, the one that was is often credited with being the mu- first muscle car, the nineteen sixty four Pontiac GTO. That was initially supposed to be a halo car for Pontiac, hmm. um, and this is you know nineteen sixty four, a long time ago. But um, then the sales just took off on it. People, that's what people wanted, and uh, you know, just it just went right through the roof at, after that point. And that's happened to a few cars, like um, the Chrysler 300 is a good example. Uh, the 300 was meant to bring people in, kind of mm-hmm. draw them away from the Cadillac crowd, yeah, you know, because yeah. it was so, such a beautiful, unique car at the time. Now we see them everywhere. You can tell sales went incredible for them. Mm-hmm. They did a fantastic job getting that thing marketed. And um, a lot of people bought them, and I think it, w- it was far more popular than they ever thought it would be. Same with the 64 GTO. Um, yeah, they, yeah. I forget how many more they sold than they thought they were. It was either, you know, two, three, four times as many mm-hmm. as they had initially intended. Can I do the next one? Because this is weird. Yeah. Okay, so... 1978 to 81, the Volvo 262C Berton Coupe. Um, So Volvo, right? Mm -hmm. As they explain it, they're makers of the world's safest cars, right? Yeah. So they wanted to get rid of that safe car image. Yeah. Which is – What? Just hilarious to me. <laughs> well, they they wanted to have something that it just they wanted to be associated, I guess, with a little more performance, a little more like um, oh, okay, like a sexy racing vehicle, super powered or oh, something. Understood. So they made this car. Um, so they kind of farmed it out, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it kept basically eighty five percent or so of the regular two sixty twos body. The sedan structure. Okay. Um, but for that other 15%, they went to, um, 
Bertone, which is a famous Italian, is it? It's a design company, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, so all that these designers did was change the roof, the top of the doors, and the windshield. Okay. Um, and some people thought it was sort of ugly, and it didn't. <laughs> it didn't work because you know it's still they haven't. Sh- Shed the safe car image. You know what? I got to look that one up because I I can't picture what this one looks like. I just don't remember it. It's it's so it's a weird description too. It doesn't sound like it looks good. I don't think so. No, sounds like uh, very little was modified on a mm-hmm. what is normally a boxy car. Right. Right. Or at least was at that time. Not yeah. not so much anymore. I mean, you can't. Yeah, that's a great idea. Shed the safe car image. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. That's Terrible like idea. saying. Gentlemen, too many people across America believe that our cars work consistently. <laughs> we need to put in a random shutdown device. Now, see, you're putting you're putting a little voice in people's heads because I think people think they say that anyways. You <laughs> yeah. know that? I, I think that there are secret meetings. There's secret. There's conspiracies. Yeah, in the yeah car I think world. I think so. Yeah. Oh, lots of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, All right. So. so you want to move on to number seven? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the ninety-one to ninety-seven Subaru SVX. And here's something interesting, Ben. This was going to be one of the uh, stuff Scott sees. Really? Um, you saw yeah. one? I, I did see one on Georgia 400 about two weeks ago. Um, stood out because I hadn't seen one in a long, long time. Right. Uh, used to be a couple around where I lived, and I could you know see them at lunch hour or whatever. But um, this one, first one in a long time that I've seen. Um, really unique car. Um, it was kind of their attempt at a, uh, like a luxury sport car. And, yeah. And uh, just it... It didn't do as well as they, just as in the case with most of these. Um, yeah. They're expecting low numbers, mm-hmm. but they get even less. And people just don't buy it. This is an interesting idea. And if you look at the timeline, you have to wonder if Subaru took a page from the Volvo book because they also went to a design house, mm-hmm. an Italian design house, no less. Yeah. And, uh, that I think the company's name is Ital Design. I am, uh, yeah, the person's name I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce. I'll, but Ital Design is the is a design house, yes. And um yeah, I mean it's really a strange looking car. It's it's got the, you probably one of the the most I don't know, you call it remarkable, but um mm-hmm. distinguishing features of it are those little tiny side windows. And people claim that they can get used to them right away, but it reminds me an awful lot of like the half windows on the uh Lamborghini Countach. Yeah. The the lower half that rolls down and that's it. Uh, very much the same on the Subaru SVX, and it's really a unique-looking window, and it's kind mm-hmm. of this big uh, glass dome-shaped car. And I guess apparently it just wasn't the performer that they thought it was going to be, and it didn't compete with, uh, you know, at the time, Acura was making the NSX, the Mazda, Mazda was mm-hmm. making the RX-7, mm-hmm. and the Supra Turbo, which was uh, from Toyota, and they, they said that those were just far and above what the yeah. SVX could do. And, uh, of course, it lost out, and they had intended to sell as many as 10000 a year, but they it says they never managed to sell more than half of that. Ouch! During each of those years, so um, it looked so kind of like a concept car too, man. When you just good. look at it, yeah, yeah, it was kind of a cool car, and it, yeah. it still stands out on the road. It's just it didn't do what they thought it was going to do, like perform well. Sorry, exactly. Sorry. Well, that's true. It's true. It, yeah, it, it did lower perform. Okay, so then we've got, and you'll notice we're we're getting more and more uh, recent, but that's not. This is just a list. I think ten to one best to worst, right? Yes. This is. It's not in chronological. No, it'll go. Order. It'll go back. Yeah, it'll go back here at the end. Ford <laughs> Thunderbird. Speaking of concept cars, my oh, friend. Yes. Yes. Two thousand two, two thousand five. They Ford breaks out this car that they first 
presented as a concept car in 1999. Mm-hmm. And you know I love to see a concept car make it. I do too. So technically this made it, right? It, it went into production. It did. Technically it made it. Mm-hmm. It did. My uh, my uncle has one of these. He's, he still does? He uh, Yes, he does. And he loves it. Loves Ooh. the car. But um, it got a lot of bad press. Yeah. Um, the reason is it wasn't uh, – of course, it's a two-seater, which you know, it's just it's intended as a sports car, right? Um, it's but apparently it's according to this, it's slow in a straight line, sloppy in the corners, and the car because the the soft suspension that you know they thought that the 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 boomers that they were trying to attract yeah. with this car Want that that you easy know ride. a smoother ride rather mm. than a crisp handling ride would be the one that everybody wants. So that made the car kind of wiggle and jiggle, they say, all over the pavement, um, like a Lincoln Town car. So it made this little tiny sports car feel like a big Lincoln Town car, mm-hmm. and that's not a good feeling. It's certainly not a feeling no. people want to pay for. It. No, that's not they want to pay for, and uh, the sales just went right through the floor, and that was it for the Thunderbird because they only made it for three years. And my uncle loves his though; he he absolutely loves it. It's uh, it's his baby. Well, you know, he's had it for a while. I well, imagine. it's his. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just his his weekend car, and mm-hmm. he really really enjoys it. And uh, good for him. All right. Well, no, and no anybody else that owns one. Yeah, yeah. Same with all these cars. The really. older Thunderbirds, the first Thunderbirds, that's that's my jam right there. The one that's styled the after the uh, 50, after 55, right? Yeah, and yeah. It's supposed to look like. Well. That's your jam, huh? I'm just throwing <laughs> slang around. I'm just making I up like slang that. at this point. I, I really like that. I, I like probably that. didn't good. make that up. All right, here, let's, let's quickly go through a yeah, few. Yeah, we get to, because we're only number five. Right, Lincoln, so, Lincoln Blackwood. Lincoln Blackwood, 2001. To 2002, you'll notice how short that is. Mm-hmm. 15 months. That's all the, uh, that's all the Blackwood was on sale for. Ouch. I know. That's, uh, because the sales were not so good, of course. The, uh, the Lincoln, this is, <laughs> they called it Lincoln's $52,500 Escalade wannabe. And if you remember the Blackwood, it was the one that had the pinstriping and, uh, could only be purchased in black, mm. which, what does that remind you of? Henry Ford. Henry Ford. And this is a Ford car. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, Ford, Lincoln, Mercury. Right. Um, anyways, there was, a, because it was a truck, there was no, well, not because, but mm-hmm. despite the fact that it was a truck, there was no four wheel drive option. The box wouldn't hold much of anything. I'm not going to say what it's, well, yeah, why not? It says it couldn't hold a case of gun shells, <laughs> a six pack and a stick of chew. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, of course, what everybody who's buying an Escalade. Wants yeah, yeah, apparently. I'm sure a, a, a huge, uh, huge Lincoln Blackwood, rather. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm getting excited because we're just we're just a few away from my favorite. All right, number four, Chevrolet SSR. Now that's that kind of. Uh, I think it's kind of a cool looking pickup truck. You know what it is? The I'll 2003 to 2006. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting, but. Um, also, didn't sell. I mean, it did bring people in the door. I, I would believe. Yeah, it's an, it's a new idea. I think people so. went to the dealership to look at this car. I, I really mm. believe that. But yeah. the problem was, is forty two thousand dollars, and you know, at the time, seemed like a good idea. Right. Didn't do so well. You you, at least in this area, you rarely see them. Mm. It, it, they're here and there, but not very not very many. Uh, number three, this is one that I've seen recently, but very very few again. The Pl- Plymouth Prowler. This is my favorite. Is it really? There's, I mean, uh, off of off of this list, I just think, and this is going to be something a lot of people will probably disagree with me with, and that's fine because it's it's a subjective thing, you guys. Mm-hmm. I think that is just a dog ugly car. Really? I don't like the way it's put together, man. Oh, I think no they fail at what they were going for, which is to sort of emulate the aesthetic of the of the classic. I'm my eyes are wide open looking at you. I, what really? 
don't like it. I, I like the looks of it. I, I like, you know, I think the reason that it, it went away is that it didn't meet the performance demands of the public. Sure. Um, it had a, um, it had a V6 engine, mm-hmm. four speed automatic, and it was supposed to look like this hot rod, supposed to be a hot rod. Yeah. And, uh, it just didn't quite do it. So almost right away you saw people stuffing V8 engines into these things. Mm-hmm. And there's and, still a really big, there, there's a very large community for prowlers. Oh yeah, yeah. Anybody that has one. I mean, of course they were only made a few years, 97, yeah. and then there's a gap, and then 99 mm-hmm. through 2002. And um, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to uh, – the Plymouth brand went away in 2001. And I think the last year they were actually calling them Dodge Prowlers, but I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I, I thought that was the way it was going, but um, they may still be badged Plymouth Prowlers. I know they made them side by side on the same line as the Dodge Viper. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, they were, they were right next to each other. The Viper line on one side, the the, uh, the Prowler line on the next. All hand, Both handmade, and mm-hmm. the cars were just wheeled from station to station as they made them. Um, but anyways, I guess, uh, it just wasn't enough. And, you know, finally, again, this is one of those cars that they're trying to attract the, the boomers with. Yeah. And, uh, they didn't like the fact that it was underpowered. Well, it's that you see, we're starting to see some common threads. I think astute listeners are picking up on this too. Yeah. That if you are trying to sell something as the ultimate, the ultimate end all mm-hmm. coolness of your company, you, you have to make sure that it can go well, you got to follow well. through with it. If it's going to yeah. look like a hot rod, it should it should drive Before like a hot one, rod. Yeah. Exactly. And if it's going to look like a, a car that you know is meant to be on the racetrack, mm-hmm. it should handle like it's meant to be on the racetrack. I think that's fair. Um, I do too. I think uh, I think that's where they missed it right there. And I think a lot of people felt the same. I want a van that goes 200 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are some of those. There's a jet van. We'll talk about that. <laughs> All right. Um, the, uh, number two. Yeah. You want to mention this one because okay, uh, oh, yeah. Wait. Was this the one that you were talking about your dad maybe wanted, or was this a, is it a different one? He was talking about the XLR, right? Your yeah, dad. no, yeah. This, this, he, is, this the, is different. Uh, this is yeah. the older version, right? Mm-hmm. All right, you want to hit it? Uh, sure, yeah. So the Cadillac Alante. Yeah. Um, 1987, 1993. Mm-hmm. Now, this, this one, of course, we see like most people think it was overpriced. The car, the car itself <laughs> uh, was trying to make Cadillac more high end, I guess, higher end presented yeah. as such. Um, and so it tries to do some other sort of luxury roadster moves. They're trying to get into that group where you see, uh, the, you know, like the Mercedes 560, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, <clears throat> instead of this working, it did have a definite effect, but, uh, it just made General Motors kind of look bad. Um, so it was, well, it was supposed to be sporty. It was supposed to be sporty. It was supposed to be sporty. And, and what happened though? I mean, it, it, uh, ended up, let's just say not being sporty. Yeah. It was built in Italy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And this is the weird thing. Go ahead and tell, tell, how are they, uh, how are they sent here to the United States? This kills me. Yeah. All right. So they're built in Italy. Yeah. Uh, the, the actual body. And then once the bodies are finished, they're flown across the Atlantic in 747s to Detroit. <laughs> Talk. I mean, that's how is that? I know. You know what I mean? I, I know what you're saying. This is, uh, this is where the, the cost comes in because how much of that, you know, transportation cost do you think is, uh, is part of the, mm-hmm. uh, let's say the overpricing of the, of the, uh, the model? A lot of people thought the same thing because they didn't buy too many. Yeah. And how, f- at how much? 
<laughs> at uh, sixty thousand dollars, which means a little bit over sixty. A sixty thousand dollar two seater convertible Cadillac that doesn't really handle that. It well. It doesn't handle that well. It's not necessarily that fast. Um, actually, not very fast at all. But they said, "Hey, we've got stick tootiveness," so they sold it for five more years. <laughs> That's right. They and they on. never broke they fifty thousand. Now, okay. Here's the last one. Here's the last this one. This is, according to wheels.ca, the dumbest halo car ever. The 1989 to 1991 Chrysler TC by Maserati. Applause. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know... Uh, I know two people that own these. Really? Yeah. That's I weird. Do. I do. I had a former boss that uh, just loved his. I mean, did like a body-off restoration of his and, mm. and drives it in um, local parades and things like that. Oh, that's cool. Went crazy with it. I mean, and despite the better advice of some of his coworkers who said, you know, maybe you shouldn't spend the money on that. Maybe mm-hmm. you should get something different. But Were you one of those coworkers? I, no, I never said it. I never said it because I was uh, my, my employment depended on it. You're kind of a car <laughs> purchase enabler. No, though, right? I, I know, I know. I didn't say it, but um, yeah, you know what this reminds me of, and I, everybody's going to say this. It's a LeBaron that's badged a Maserati. Yeah, that it's. <sighs> there's more to it. There's more to it. There's stuff under the hood. Yeah, there's I guess, a well, yeah. very little. I mean, there's a there's <laughs> very very little. There's a. Um, uh, let's see what's what's the uh, the Maserati part here. Um, it's basically <laughs> here's the funny part. It's a it's a front drive K car chassis. You know, it's two two seat yeah. convertible body. Mm-hmm. Um, it's built by Maserati, of course. And what it has is, I think it just has a cylinder head, a Maserati cylinder head, and that's about it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I mean, there are a few styling cues here and there. There's a mm. round window at the back instead of, uh, you know, a, a roll-up window or whatever it Whoa. was. Yeah, I know. And um, I, I don't know. I just don't understand it. There might have been small styling cues other than that, but mm-hmm. really, it's just a dressed-up LeBaron. Well, yeah, okay. I'm not going to go so far as to uh, as to make fun of it for being that but you're right yeah because it, 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 there's not much that changed except for the price and a couple of uh stylistic conventions yeah. and you know predictably so the numbers the sales numbers were, were really poor on this thing yeah um they were planning thirty thousand. they sold 7300 and kinda, they, they canceled it in 91 we cannot end on this note i want to make a, a point in defense of the people who own any of the cars on what we just listed? As, oh, please do, because I yeah. feel bad about. Yeah, I feel so. I'm kind of broke up over it. But what we, what I need to make the point that is crucial here is that these cars, if you think about it, given their small production runs that they tend to have, mm-hmm. they are they are unique cars, and increasingly so, you know, as they age. Yeah. Um, and that's what a lot of people who kind of fall for or become infatuated with a, a car, that's what they want. They want that unique, perfect, and and sort of singular feeling well, when they're down the road. You something know? low production. Like uh, when I saw that Subaru SVX on exactly. the road. That's probably the only one that I've seen in uh, the three years that I've been here. Yeah, and people love that. I love seeing different yeah, cars. Yeah. And, I mean, no offense to Hondas, but they're everywhere. No, in, 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 uh, imagine in 30 years, 40 years. Yeah. Imagine how rare something like that is going to be. And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you've got one of only a couple hundred that exist at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, you just never know. I mean, it, it becomes more and more, well, some of them become more and more valuable right. over time. Others, 
you know, they just kind of maintain. So I think what we're trying to say is, you know, be proud of your car. Don't feel like we're dogging on you. No, no, at all. definitely don't. It just happened to make the list because uh, it was at one time a Halo car and mm-hmm. didn't do what it's supposed to do. But that means, you know, as a positive for you, you, mm-hmm. know, you paid probably a lot of money for it, but um, low production numbers. Yeah. So that's good. So we got we got sort of uh, more positive in there. Yeah, I feel like we've done Halo cars pretty well. You got what, you got anything else for me? No, no. I was going to mention the whole flagship vehicle thing, but I think we'll just let it go because um, flagship similar, not the exact same thing. Think of a Venn diagram, right? Exactly. All right, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, before I get into even more bad jokes, we've got to get out of here, guys. Um, this is the part where we tell you about our Facebook, and on Facebook we're known as Car Stuff. On Twitter, we're also on Car Stuff. We're also known as Car Stuff. That is, uh, Scott runs an awesome blog, and if you're there, you should also check out our website, HowStuffWorks.com, where you can find answers about pretty much anything automotive related. Right, Scott. Pretty much. Pretty much? Yeah, I think so. We're getting, uh, we just got a ton of articles about yeah. everything. Do the, uh, use the search function, you'll find more than you think is there initially. And if you are typing into our jazzy search bar and you can't find what you're looking for, please send us an email and we will try our best to answer your questions. Our email address is carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.